and welcome to episode 19 of Feckin' Metal. I am your host, Fergal Trainer. Coming up shortly, I will have an interview I conducted earlier in the week with Anderson Tiago. He is the person who created the new wave of traditional heavy metal full albums channel on YouTube, or uh, better known as the Nuwadham Full Albums channel on YouTube, which I have referenced in previous episodes. And I chatted to him earlier in the week for about half an hour, and it was a great conversation. We share many of the same views on things. Um, he, I found him answering questions and me thinking I've said that exact thing on, on Feck and Metal previously. So I think we're definitely on the same wavelength about certain things. And I really enjoyed speaking to him because, as I mentioned last week when I hadn't revealed, revealed who it was yet, I think he's one of the unsung heroes of the underground metal movement uh, nowadays in 2020, 2021, definitely. And to me, it's interesting to speak to somebody like that. It's... Um, not a musician, but it's somebody who is heavily involved in promoting musicians and putting them to the forefront of a website like YouTube, which is obviously universally available and people can go out and check out those albums for free. So that's coming up in a few minutes. But before we get to that, I'd just like to get uh, to some heavy metal news. But before we even get to that, I'd just like to reflect a bit on my interview last week with Blaze Bailey. So that was a very enjoyable interview for me, as I have said. Uh, since the episode online and, and at the end of last week's episode as well. I thought Blaze was a great guest and I got some very good feedback from people, mainly on Twitter, who mentioned that they enjoyed listening to it and that he was extremely enthusiastic. And that seems to be across the board. I also listened to him on Uncle Steve's podcast, uh, Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, and he was just ridiculously enthusiastic on that as well. He's, he's just a very enthusiastic, um, driven, focused and intense, I'll say, individual, and he puts all of that focus and drive and enthusiasm into his music, and you can see he's the type of person who will not just release something for the sake of it, something that he's not happy with. You get every bit of Blaze, like he said himself, you get every bit of him in every album he releases, and uh, it's just admirable that he, he keeps doing it to this day. So thanks again to Blaze and to his manager for setting that up, I really appreciate that, and it was great to speak to Blaze uh, last week. Now, um, you might think, why did you include all that nonsense at the start of the episode where you opened the show by saying, well, firstly, singing identity and then saying, welcome to Open Us and then saying, welcome to Two-Face Fake Snakes. Uh, surely this is, is going to be your biggest ever episode with the biggest person you've ever had on your episode in terms of popularity, that is. Um, why did you open it with that rubbish and absurdity? And I, I will say back to you, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was ill-advised um but i was really just going for the whole theme of i've lost my identity probably really the absurdity came from binging on wayne's iron maiden podcast which i've been doing like a mofo recently i've listened to it from start to almost finish i'm right up uh, about three episodes away from the current one now uh, i had dipped in and out um, but it was actually Uncle Steve I was chatting to who said, you can't just do that with that podcast. You have to listen to the very start and listen all the way through chronologically. So that's what I did. And I realized that there is a wealth of um, in-jokes and there's a wealth of stories and characters that get built up uh, throughout the podcast. And you really do need to listen to every episode to pick up on what's going on. Because I was actually speaking to Wayne or Paul uh, on Twitter a bit, and I was just saying that I had... Um, I'd been dipping in and out and I didn't really realize what was going on. And I listened to a couple of episodes. I had like Steve Harris's diary in it. And while I thought it was a great feature and an interesting feature, I had no idea that there was the whole story that he got it from Paul Diano and all of this stuff. Like, so there's such a wealth of, um, different 
material in those episodes and it's so layered there's so much stuff going on so i've been really enjoying that and i think maybe i was a bit influenced by the the absurdity of it to go and try in a bit of, of absurdity myself at the start of the episode and then later on i just tried to give a few podcasts a nod so if you didn't pick up on these i was trying to imitate trevor from wayne's iron maiden podcast uncle steve and uh, nesbitt and josh from talking maiden and melissa from metal chat with melissa so um i was chatting to nesbitt afterwards and he didn't realize the impression of him was of him so some of the impressions were better than others clearly or maybe they're all rubbish who knows uh, anyway thanks for um enduring that but also I, I think most people enjoyed the blaze interview so um yeah I, you might think to yourself um surely like that's going to be your biggest ever episode and you put all that rubbish in it like surely blaze's management wouldn't share something like that if they listen to <laughs> and maybe they won't uh, i don't think they have as of yet if they do i'll be hugely grateful but they're under no obligation to share anything obviously he's doing a lot of media at the moment some of it will be more relevant than others to post up on their facebook page i've gone beyond the point of expecting a guest to share it based solely on the fact that they were a guest on the podcast they have their own priorities and lives and agendas frankly if they're running the business so they don't owe me anything and in fact i've got more than i should have ever got by getting people to come on my podcast at all and i'm always grateful for that so no expectation or obligation anymore for sharing things that can really drag you down and you can get obsessed with it and you'd be like why aren't they sharing it blah, blah 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 but really people don't owe you anything really do they they've already come on as a guest isn't that enough isn't that enough okay uh, so yes, I just wanted to mention as well that I have an official playlist for Feckin' Metal. I don't often mention it, I should mention it more often, but I add songs to it that have featured on the show or have been discussed on the show or are from bands who have um, been interviewed on the show. And I added the song Identity to it there recently by Blaze and I will add something from the new album when it becomes available or when a single is finally released to Spotify. But it's on Spotify and it's called Feckin' Metal Playlist, or sorry, Jesus, I always get this wrong. It's called Feckin' Metal Podcast Official Playlist. Uh, it's easy enough to find. Feckin' Metal Podcast Official Playlist. A couple of people following it there. Follow if you wish, if you're on Spotify. Um, and you'll be able to hear all of the music that is featured on the show. And I suppose music that I like and I think you'll probably like. So there's a bit of news in the John Schaefer situation. Schaefer is being held at Marion County Jail as of Friday morning, January 29th, a week after U.S. Magistrate for Southern District of Indiana, Judge Mark Dinsmore, signed an order for the musician to appear in D.C.'s District Court. So he's going to be tried in Washington, D.C., um, rather than Indiana. Um, that's really it, kind of. Um, the uh, Indiana branch or wing of the Oath Keepers say that John Schaefer is not a member of the Indiana Oath Keepers. Now his hat that he was wearing didn't say Indiana Oath Keepers on it, it just said Oath Keepers Lifetime Member. So there's also another group just called Oath Keepers and while they share the same graphics and ideologies and logos and things, I don't think they're related to one another other than that. So um, what else? Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a report here on Blabbermouth there today saying that, um, I think it's from Wish TV actually, saying that uh, John Schaefer voted in 2020, but before that he hasn't voted in 12 years. I'm not really sure how big a deal that is. Uh, the other major piece of news coming out of that is Hansi Kirsch has quit Demons and Wizards. He announced there a couple of days ago that he has quit the band. So that effect effectively spells an end to the band. Um, they were quietly, not necessarily dropped, but quietly uh, moved off the Century Media website there recently, and now Hansi, I think it might be ha Hansi, actually. I'm saying that wrong, I know I am. It's, do you know when you read these names and you've never actually heard anyone pronounce them out loud? Um, 
that's the situation I'm in now. Uh, anyway, Hansi, Hansi, you know him, you know who he is. The other guy in Demons and Wizards, he's also from Blind Guardian, um, has said that he has quit the band. So that effectively spells an end to the band. Nothing further from the members of Iced Earth, but if John isn't in the band, there is no band, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, um, no, no court date is set yet, and that train rolls on. Another piece of news, which I suppose I should mention as it's big news in heavy metal, although I don't really want to get too deep into it, is about Marilyn Manson. You'll have heard the news that um, Evan Rachel Wood, his uh, partner from uh, years ago, said that she was groomed and horrifically abused uh, for several years by Marilyn Manson. Um, And others have come forward now saying similar things, similar stories coming out of the woodwork saying that he has done similar things to them. Um, His ex-wife, Dita Von Teese, who he was married to for about a year, but he was with for seven years, has said that the details made public do not match our seven years together as a couple. Um, yeah, so look, I'm, I'm not a fan of Marilyn Manson. I never was. The reason I like covering or reading about the John Schaefer situation is I am and was and still am a fan of the Ice Earth music, and they were a huge part of my life. Marilyn Manson is not a huge part of my life. I've had to watch him twice in order to get a good place in the crowd for an Iron Maiden show where he was playing second down the bill or supporting. And um, I didn't. I don't like his music. I don't like his stage persona. I don't like his look. I don't like the sound of his voice. And the only thing I've ever really liked about Marilyn Manson was how articulately he came across in some interviews he did. I think he was interviewed for Bowling for Columbine and uh, he was interviewed on a couple of other things and he came across quite articulately and quite intelligent. Um, and that kind of made me think at the time, well, he does all this shock rock, and yet he's an intelligent person who is probably quite calculated in the way he um, presents things in order to maximise his persona and to make sure that it ticks all the right boxes or pushes all the right buttons. But there's a there's a genius at work there, probably, even though it wasn't for me. That's how I kind of perceived him. But um, just the number of people who are coming forward about this, it, it's eerily reminiscent of the Harvey Weinstein situation in Hollywood. Um, one can only assume more people are going to come forward soon. So there's been Evan Rachel Wood, um, but also other celebrities or people in the music business have uh, thrown in their two cents as well. So you had um, Wes Borland, the guitarist for Limp Biscuit, and Trent Reznor have come forward with their own stories saying that they don't think he's a good person. And Wes has actually said everything that's said about Marilyn Manson is true. And Trent Reznor has said while he worked with him in the 90s, he has since distanced himself from Marilyn Manson. And he has been saying for years that Marilyn is not a good person um, in his personal life. Anyway, that's what people are saying. I'm not really going to revisit that, I don't think, unless there's some huge news out of it. It's not for me. All I can say is that I hope it's not true. I hope he hasn't been abusing women for years, for the women's sake. But then, if it's not true, it means people are going around making up stuff about him. And I don't really know which is worse. Him abusing women, multiple women, or multiple people going around making up stuff about him. I'd say I, I, I know which one is more likely. I won't say. I'll let you decide that yourself. Uh, but I don't know which is worse. Um, but yeah, we'll see if the people who speak out end up trying him in court. These cases are always tricky in that if it's stuff that happened years ago, it's often one word, uh, one person's word versus the other person's word. This has happened across the entertainment industry for the last decade or so. Um, yeah, so that's the thing about these claims. Um one other thing as well is, I suppose, all the people who said back in the 90s when Marilyn Manson first came out um, that he was the devil and Satan and evil, I suppose if he is tried and found guilty, they'll all feel that they've been proved right 
maybe there'll be a big backlash against heavy metal and music again. Imagine if he went to court and he was imprisoned. Forgetting about the damage he's done to people, uh, which is horrendous if it's true, um, he could do the music industry damage as well. I know that's not important as people's lives, but um, he could end up proving a whole host of people, in their own minds anyway, he could end up proving them right, saying that heavy metal is bad and terrible and dangerous. And with the way some things are going nowadays in, in life and politics and society, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a massive backlash against heavy metal again. It almost seems cyclical. We haven't had it in a while. Anyway, um, this week I speak to Anderson Tiago, a Brazilian man living in the Netherlands at the moment, and he is the person, uh, the curator, if you want, of the Noatham, which stands for New Wave of Traditional Heavy Metal uh, Full Albums website, or YouTube page, I should say, sorry. And that's been going for several years now, um, and it's just gone from strength to strength, as you will hear from Anderson himself. Uh, it started off as a small little insignificant way for him to collect music and have it in a have it in the same place online and it's grown so massively now he's made contacts in the industry he has record labels contacting him uh, and everything else he's one of the unsung heroes of underground heavy metal i don't want to spoil any more of the interview by revealing anything that he says so without further ado here is anderson tiago thanks anderson for joining feckin metal i appreciate you giving me your time this evening um i'm looking at a big wall of cds behind you there you're in the room that you use uh, for many of your videos on your channel new wave of traditional heavy metal full albums um so you created this channel in may 2016 that's when the first video anyway was uploaded uh enforcer into the night can i ask you um where did the idea come from to create this channel and well like, was it a gradual thing or was it just one day you decided to go and upload this uh, uh, release onto YouTube. Okay, I sometimes I I tell this this story and to be honest, I didn't have any intention of creating the channel to be what it is today. When I uploaded the first videos, it was only for myself to have a place to listen to those albums because what it was happening during that time was that my friends were all uh, already into this this new wave of traditional heavy metal. They all knew the bands like Enforcer, School Fist, Steel Wing, and I was I was myself uh, still listening to the same old classic heavy metal bands and right. the same albums. Then uh, I think School Fist uh, played in my hometown. And all my friends went to the concert and I didn't because I didn't know the band. They, yeah. mean, they meant nothing to me. Then one day I realized that I was missing uh, something great that was happening at the time. So I need to catch up. I need to catch up with this new uh, trend because the bands that I listen, they are going to uh, go away soon. Like they're, they're going... the the members of the, those bands are dying. Like yes, yeah, I know what you died mean. Died yeah. at the time, yeah. And then uh, I, I need to have something new to listen to, so I, I decided to create the channel to, and to put there the albums that I that I wanted to to listen myself. So it was like a, a place of self discovering new bands. Mm. But then people started then people started joining in, and then that's why. I, the channel grew up. 
Okay, so that's a nice history for listeners who don't know. So I've actually recommended your channel a few times to people, and it's when they're telling me a story just like you've told yourself there, that they're listening to the same old bands, they find new bands hard to get into, and they don't know what's out there, basically. And like, unless you're going to just get recommended by somebody else, if you're looking at something like Spotify, it's just it's just a big sea of music, and sometimes it's not specific enough to somebody's tastes so that they can go and find music that they will like. So I've often recommended your channel because of that. So some people have heard of it and some haven't, but that's a good explanation of what it is. It's uh, uh, full albums by newer bands that are playing traditional heavy metal. Um, But I wanted to ask then, at what point, like, so if you're just uploading full albums, presumably that does infringe on copyright and, and things like that. So at what point did it kind of become a legitimate channel where you have permission now to put up these albums? Like for a period of time, presumably it, it was just you posting albums without any permission just for yourself to listen to. Yes, uh, at the beginning it was, I was just uploading without any permission from bands or labels or copyright owners. But um, the channel started getting an, a good feedback so when this happens, uh, some bands or labels were happy that I was doing mm, that. On the other side, all the labels were giving me like copyright strikes. And I was uh, in a constant uh, fear because you can have only three. If you have more than three, the channel goes away. So there were times that I would have two copyright strikes for like three months. And I would have to be very careful to what I would post. Yeah, uh, to not get a, to not get another one. And did they expire after a certain amount of time? Yes, after three months. Okay, okay, right. Yeah, but but then um, when I started, uh, some some people from labels, they instead of just uh, get giving me a strike, they came to me and they explained that what what I was doing was uh, something not very nice when you don't when you don't have the permission from the label and these guys uh, these guys became like friends and then uh, we started doing things together instead of instead of me just posting anything I wanted I would mm. uh, ask for their permission and things went from there so uh, even right now there were labels that gave me copyright strikes in the past mm. But now I can upload their albums like uh, every album they release, I can upload because they give me permission for that. Okay, so um, that's that's interesting that their attitude changed after a while because obviously the channel is is a great service for people to discover music, but at the same time it's a it's a it's a gray area with copyright. But it's interesting that some people who initially told you to take stuff down are now giving you everything that they release. So it's a, it's a huge turnaround. Uh, from those record labels. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I assume now then everything that's on the channel is is permission or is, has permission to be up there. But at, at one point it was kind of in a transitional period. Yes. Yes. There were. I most of the time I say that everything that's on the channel, I have permission to to post it. But some of the older videos they were uh, posted in this this uh, early period that I was doing things uh without knowing the real consequences so still to this day there were things that they were posted without permission mm. but from like uh three years uh from three years uh in the past i, I i'm only uploading things that i have permission 
Okay. So like just looking at some of your most popular uh, Eternal Champion seems like it's going to be in the top spot forever. That's that's been there since 2016 and it's like a I looked just there today. It's at 825,000 views the uh, the Armor of Ire. But there's other bands that I really like in there as well like Riot City, Traveler Haunt. So um You've done quite a lot, I think, to promote the popular- popularity of these bands. So the first place I would have discovered a lot of those artists is on your channel. And because of the way you have all the albums uploaded, like when an album finishes, it'll recommend you another one and another one. And did you find, like, when did it start taking off that people were saying this to you? Like people were coming to you saying, I've discovered so many bands from your channel. How long did it take to become kind of influential, which I would say it is now? It was It was not, uh, it wasn't. It didn't take long. I think that uh, a few a few months, I was already doing like uh, a couple of thousand uh, views in in each uh, video. It didn't take long, but it was uh, something uh, gradual. That I it was not something that have a turning point. It was just something that happened during a period of time. So I don't know exactly point that. At this at this point, it, it is something serious, mm. and but before it wasn't. I I can't point to a to a specific moment. So yeah, so you're in a position now where basically labels are sending you stuff all the time. Um, on your metal mailbox, you open or you look at releases that you've recently received. So, are like how many releases and things are we talking? Are you, are you receiving hundreds of releases a year at this stage? Like, cause I'm just looking at your shelves behind you there and you seem to have quite a few hundred uh, different CDs yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I also bought, I also buy a lot of uh, CDs. Okay. But, uh, I, I can be sure if it's, uh, I don't think it's thousands of CDs. I think it, it's in the, like, uh, I think if you say hundreds, it can, uh hundred a hundred it would be a lot compared to what it is but i think maybe to 50 uh, it to be a reasonable amount but not okay thousands not hundreds okay so the the majority of that collection is stuff you purchased yourself yeah i have the this uh shelf here because there are three shelves so these two they are new wave of traditional heavy metal bands, mm. and most of them are things that I got from from the bands or labels. Right. Uh, this stuff here is hard rock and older bands. Mm. These I I bought mo- I bought all of them myself, and this is on that side is eighties heavy metal and trash metal. This is I bought most of them, so okay. only this one is like things I got. Fair enough. So then how does, how does it typically start the, tr- the transaction? Cause you've got like, oh, like you do have hundreds of videos up on your channel. So is it something you buy and then you contact the label and ask them if you can put it up or is it a label contacting you or what, what's the typical transaction there? Or did they send you files digitally and get you to put them up that way? When I started, uh, uh, I would uh, research for bands myself. So what do I do is like make a search on Google, new wave of traditional heavy metal and search for bands, or I would go on metal archives. Okay. Yeah. The, the website. And I would like say search for search for albums and then put a, a date like from January, 2010 to December, 2000 and, uh, 
15. So which albums were released during that time? And then I would click on the most promising, judging by name of the band, the name of the album, and then see if it fits the channel. Uh, afterwards, when Bandcamp was released, I also uh, do a lot of research on Bandcamp. Mm. But lately, it's most of the time, it's bands contacting me. And the, there are labels that I already have uh, permission, like... I have permission to upload everything they release. I don't need to ask them every time they release. So, okay. So would they just send you the files then or how, how does it yeah. work? Like, yeah. I, I, I got, I, I get the files from their, uh, uh, PR, uh, people. They, okay, okay. most of the, the labels have PR companies that do work for them and they sent me the, the releases like months before the, the actual date. Sure. And then would you have like a quality control thing? You were saying there, you see if it fits the channel. Are there some releases you just like, even if you get it for free from the label, you, you won't put it up because you don't think it fits in with new wave of traditional heavy yeah. metal? I actually, I recorded a video for the channel uh, yesterday, but I, I don't think it's, I'm going to upload because I didn't like the, the quality. Okay. Uh, it's showing my... Uh, my methods of uh, research and how I find new bands for the channel. I use Bandcamp for the video. So I would, I went to Bandcamp and search for bands and I would listen to the band and make some comments about it. And on that video, I said that I don't make any quality control in the sense of judging if the band is good or not. Right. Okay. I only, I only, I only look for the right uh, style, the right uh, traditional heavy metal, or, or even if it's something that's not uh, strictly traditional heavy metal, if it's something that we can make a connection to it. I always use uh, as an example, uh, Hammerfall. Hammerfall, they are a power metal band, mm. but they are totally influenced by traditional heavy metal. And you can make a case for it to be traditional heavy metal. So sometimes I upload bands that are not a strictly traditional heavy metal. Hmm. But I don't judge if the band is good or not. Right, this okay. is not my, my, my job. This is the job for, for the listeners. Okay. And speaking of your job, this, this seems to me like it could be a full-time job. But like, do you have a full-time job other than this? Yeah, I have other uh, side jobs. It's not a full time, but I, I do some work on the side. I do social media work for a, a German company. They are a tour tour agency it's called Dragon Productions. Okay. They are the they are the managers. Uh, they they manage tours for Enforcer, for Michael Chenka Group, and other bands like Onslaught, uh, Sonata Artica. And I do social media work for them. And I also do social media work for Michael Chenker. The Michael okay, Chenker. Okay, all right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I was recommended to Michael Chenker by the by Dragon Productions. Right, okay. Um, so you run his social media pages on his behalf? Yes. Uh, so anything you see posted on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram by Michael Chenker, it's actually me. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you yeah. reply to fans and engage with them or do you just make posts? I, I just make posts because uh, he's, he, he's not, uh, a, he doesn't have much time to engage with yeah. the, the, 
the fans because he does several other things on on his end and he prefers to have full control of uh, he doesn't want me to reply to to fans pretending that it's him yeah that's what i was wondering yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i do wonder about that sometimes it's quite easy to kind of spot on on facebook who who the genuine bands are where it's actually the artist speaking to you and who kind of has somebody running their page because there's there's far more engagement like um i think bands you featured like haunt and oath uh they engage with their fans quite a lot on social media and it's the actual person yeah. you can tell but then obviously if they're, it's a much larger act they obviously don't yeah um so actually i wanted to ask then do you have you made connections like friendships with with any of these bands i presume you probably have like become quite close to some of them you, you'd be speaking to them and in contact with them a lot yeah i i talk to a lot of uh bands and um although that there is not a person that i say that i call like every day or that i talk every day i consider myself to be a friend of several of members of these bands mm. like the guys from the guys from traveler uh, Travel from Haunt and Jarvis from Night Demon and Sarah from Smolden and Vincent as well. There are a lot of people that I consider to be my friends. We don't talk every day, but yeah, we yeah. And then um, with the with the sheer volume of music you have on your channel, like what I, what I find is in in the present day. Uh, with Spotify and with YouTube and with Bandcamp as well, that there's so much music out there. I find personally, I find it harder to make really, really deep connections with bands. Like I used to when I was younger, when I was listening to CDs and I had only if like, I might've only had 20 or 30 CDs and I made really deep connections with all of the bands because of that. Like you'd be reading the lyrics and everything, but I find that with the massive availability of music, I find it more difficult to make those deeper connections. Is that something you have found or do you just, spend like a lot of your time listening to music so you can still make that same level of connection that I'm talking about. No, I, I agree with I agree with you. It was easier in the past. Like there are albums here that I used that I listened to when I was a teenager, when I uh, yes some years ago that I know the 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 album from uh, the beginning to end. I know yeah. all the lyrics, I know all the solos I by head. I know I know the album like like the palm of my hand, like they yeah. used to say in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And for the new albums, it's it's difficult to do this, especially when I have uh, so many albums. I have so many requests from bands on the channel every day. So it's hard to 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 know an album nowadays as well as I new in the past what i do is uh, i sometimes i would feel guilty about this yeah <laughs> but what <laughs> what i what i did was to convince myself that is nothing to be guilt about it and i that's why i i give a platform to all bands on my channel i don't judge if a band is good enough or not because a band that's good for me maybe it's not good for you or a band that is uh you understand? You understand yes, what yeah, I try? Yeah, Maybe yeah. you think if you can bet it's good, I think it's not. But it's only a different of difference of opinions. What I do is I focus on the bands that I like. So I listen to all of the bands I post on the channel, just a, a little bit, a little sample. And if I like, I try to listen more and more till I get my favorites. Mm. So from the bands I post on the channel, 
I don't know them all well. Yeah. I know the ones that I really like. And do you find people expect you to know them all well? Or did I have expectations of you based on the fact that you have the channel? Yes, yes. And, uh, <laughs> there are... <laughs> From time from time to time, I, I get some uh, funny comments and uh, on YouTube. So people asking for my metal credentials or something like this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and there was a guy that was asking if I if I listened to all the albums that I post on the channel like in full. And I I told him the, the truth. No, I don't listen to all albums in full. Why am I going to listen to an to a full album if I don't like the like the first or two songs of the album? Mm. And then I I skip to the third and then it's not something that I like also. And why am I going to listen to all of all of the the album? Just yeah. to prove that I Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so um, I just noticed there, having a brief look at your channel, you've you've put up over 30 videos in January alone. I remember looking at it late last year and just seeing how much music I'd missed out on. Um, and it, I, I described on my podcast as being both inspiring and depressing because it's inspiring to see that there's so much heavy metal being released that I would probably like if I did listen to it. But it's depressing that I know that I'll never get to listen to it all. Um, is that something you ever feel yourself? That just the sheer volume of the music, does, does it ever get on top of you? Yes, totally. I Sometimes I feel like a, a fraud, like a heavy metal fraud, because I don't have the time to follow everything that's going on. Yeah. And then I, and then I look at other people and they seem to be like, uh, functioning human beings, they have family, they have work, and they're in s- somehow they look like they still manage to uh, be on top of everything that's released. Yes, and I'm not talking only about heavy metal because uh, for me it's easier. I like I like traditional heavy metal, I like speed metal, I like power metal, mm. and uh, trash metal, like most of the classic stuff. But there are people out there, they also follow black metal. They also follow what's happening now in death metal, grindcore, and all the things, new extreme albums that I don't even like, but they are still are on top of everything. So I don't know how they do it. <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I, it can be very intimidating, I find. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and since I started my podcast, it's it's a much smaller scale than your channel now, but I've noticed people giving me recommendations of things and, I'm thinking like even on this very small scale, I won't get to listen to all of this stuff or I won't get to listen to it enough um, for you to be satisfied about how much I've listened to it. If you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. As in, like I'm, I'll never meet your, your satisfaction level of how much you like the band, you know. Um, but um, OK, so I wanted to ask then just coming towards the end now, but I did want to ask, where did you first hear of the phrase, the new wave of traditional heavy metal? Because I think it was actually from your channel that I first heard it, but I can't be certain, but I think it might have been. Um, I think if I if I recall, it was I was looking for bands and I I posted I googled something similar to uh, new bands like Enforcers, Cool Fist, and then I came up with uh, a list on Rate Your Rate Your Music. Oh yeah, I think I've, that's the name of the album. I've used that. Uh for years yeah <laughs> been on there for years yeah and then 
and then there they had like the best albums of the new wave of traditional heavy metal okay and even uh, my my older my older logo i got from there as well the the, the fist uh, yeah. <laughs> so i got everything from from this article at uh on radio music right okay that's very interesting so and um, that's a, like a website I, I spoke about very recently. I've had an account on there since 2004, and it was a huge source of uh, information for me back in the early days of, of using the internet. So that's very interesting that you got the info from there as well. Um, okay, so uh, do you have any plans to expand in any way? I know you did try your own hand at a podcast, uh, Wave of Metal, which I did listen to some of back um, back, back in mid-2020, I think, though it stopped. Um do you have any plans to go back into that format or are you happier with the videos that you produce, like the unboxing stuff or that type of thing? Yeah, I would like to continue with the wave of metal podcast. And I also have some, I also have some radio shows, but, but the, the truth is that I am the worst person to have like a, a schedule to like say that every, like every, day every this every day of the week i'm going to record like uh, a video for this a video for that a video for i am terrible at that and i also hate to edit things okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah if 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 i had the if i had the, the the money to to pay someone to edit things for 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 me i would do it but i I don't. So this is why I, I don't keep a schedule with the podcast, with the, the radio show. I have many ideas of doing these things, but this part of keeping a schedule and editing things, uh, it's uh, not something that I really like to do. I have plans to, to expand the channel because what I did uh, recently was to turn the channel into a part of my business so i do I, I i charge for some extra service if you want to to share your full album your ep or demo on the channel is completely free but if you want to share like something like a music video a lyric video a single track or a, a single with a side a and side b and a two 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 track single i ask for 10 euros plus taxes because I opened a, a real company, a proper company mm. to do this. And there's also some other uh, services like uh, if you want to make your uh, album uh, release to be a premiere, like a live premiere with uh, people on the, the live chat and interact with people listening to the album, there's a fee for that. If you want to have a premiere, like with an interview, I interview the band and then we have uh, questions, song, questions, song, questions, song. It's another fee. And there's other uh, service, like I can contact labels on behalf of the band. I did this with Adamantis from Boston, mm -hmm. USA, and they got signed by Cruz del Sur Music. Okay. Yes. And this kind of service, but I'm looking to expand uh, in the future to make like, uh, to contact the media, like sending newsletters, sending press releases to 
media uh, websites, magazines to uh, to promote new releases by bands. This is something I want to do uh, in the near future. Okay, so there are a lot of different things uh, coming up potentially down the line for uh, your channel, New Wave of Traditional Heavy Metal Full Albums. I did see you, saw, you had a, a run of t-shirts uh, a while back. Are you still doing the t-shirts as well with the, with the logo or have they finished now? No, the, the t-shirts, they they were something that I released in partnership with Shadow Kingdom Records. Ah, yes, yeah. They are a label from the United States. Yeah. The 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 history about this because I always wanted to make shirt t-shirts for the channel, but I didn't have the fun the funds to do it myself. Okay. So I partnered with them and they sell the t-shirts and I get uh part of the the sales. So they're still for sale at Shadow Kingdom Records. Yes, yes. They they work with like they work uh per demand. Right. So it, it never it, it never uh, goes out of stock, so you can keep ordering, and they they will keep making them. I get you. Yeah. So I think I ordered a couple of Haunt T-shirts actually, and it's mentioned that they were made to order as well. So they, that just seems to be their business model at Shadow Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You you mentioned that you do find your own favorites over time, and that's obviously natural. Who are some of your favorites that you have discovered solely from using? Uh, your own channel for uploading videos. So here are some of your favorite bands you've found in the last four to five years. Okay, this is uh, difficult because I'm, I'm going to forget some of the bands and the guys are going to uh, <laughs> ask about it. Well, I only said some of your favorite bands. It doesn't have to be everything. Yeah. But I can, I can say that most of the time, my personal uh, choices, they align with the albums that are more successful on the channel okay it does happen that sometime i i publish an album that i think it's going to be a hit and it uh, it doesn't happen right. or sometimes an al album that i didn't like myself gets a lot of views yeah on the channel but i can i can say that uh, eternal champion is a good uh choice i really like the album of ire and i under, and i understand why it's the most few album on the channel mm. i like visigoth as well mm. uh though my favorite album by then is the second one that is not on the channel because it's metal blade the name of the album is conqueror's oath and then i can say um hunt as well as well but i think hunt i preferred uh, the bus into flame album right yeah let me see i'm looking at my collection here there's a lot of bands that i really like but i'm looking for the 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 best ones so last year we had uh let's see we had atlantium codex it was from 2019 it's a great band let's see we have witch hazel which hazel was a band that i posted on channel uh I think it, without permission the first one <laughs> <laughs> that they, they're a fantastic then, band actually yeah. i like them too yeah, yeah. Sacred Outcry last year, great band from uh, from Greece. I said Atlantic Codex already. Air Raid, ah, Air yes. Raid from Sweden. Screamer, I'm wearing the t-shirt. Wearing the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. uh, people are not going to see because it's only a uh, audio podcast. But I'm wearing a Screamer t-shirt. Yeah. I just post posted their uh, live album. 
And it's funny because Screamer is the band, is the new wave tradition of metal band that I saw live the most. I think it was four or five times already. Wow. Very yeah. good. Okay, look, sorry for putting you on the spot there. I know it's hard to pick favorites, yeah. but, but I just thought that yeah. listeners of my show might want some recommendations from somebody like you who's so close to the music, so exposed to it. So um, that's going to do it for, for this chat. I really appreciate you joining my show. Um, I just would like to ask before I go, finally, where can people reach you? So your, your channel is called, obviously, NWOTHM Fall Albums or New Wave of Traditional heavy metal full albums, but is there any other places that people can contact you online or where you do things online? I know you have a Patreon, maybe uh, you might want to mention that. Yeah, there's, we have a, uh, our page on, on Facebook. It's the same name of, as the, the, the channel. We have a Instagram also a profile and we also have an email to con- to contact is like N W O T H M full F U L at gmail.com. And we also, like you mentioned, we have the Patreon. It's, it's N W O T H M full as well. Patreon. Very good. The, the best place to contact me if you are a band or if you are someone with a question about it is through email or the Facebook page. Please don't send uh, requests and and this kind of stuff to Instagram because it's the worst place to keep track of things. Okay. (laughs) Very good. I always lose messages on Instagram. Right. Well, look, plenty of places to contact you, as you mentioned there. Um, Okay. Thanks again for that, uh, Anderson. And I look forward to seeing any new releases that are upcoming in the future on your channel and also kind of delving back into some of the ones I missed in 2020 as well. So I'm going to leave it there, but thank you. Thank you so much for the for the interview. It's always nice to talk about the, the channel. And it was great talking to you. All right, so that was Anderson Tiago of the Noatham, new wave of traditional heavy metal full albums YouTube channel. Uh, I really enjoyed that chat with him. As I said in my intro, I feel like I, I'm on the same level as him. I think we think similarly about several different issues. Not issues, you know, but aspects of music underground music new up-and-coming bands that type of stuff and um yeah i i really enjoyed chatting to him there chatting to him there and uh, thanks anderson for coming on the show if you haven't go and check out the channel it's nwo thm full albums on youtube there are hundreds if not in the thousands now at this point of albums and eps uploaded by underground bands who are getting their start in the music industry and in, in heavy metal and um this is a great shop window to the world of traditional heavy metal that's available at the moment. And I, I, do, I don't know why you wouldn't use it if you're interested in that music. Go and do it. Do it now. Right. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, um, I don't know who I'm going to have on or what the episode is going to be about. And I found myself in this situation a couple of times recently. Um, but, you know, it keeps things interesting and it keeps me creative. And I have a few irons in the fire. Are they ravening irons? No, not quite. But maybe, maybe there'll be a ravening iron in the fire at some point in the future. We'll see. I have to go and make inquiries about that. I'd like there to be. Um, maybe there'll be an arc. Any of those of you, any of those of you who have listened to the Feckin' Check-In, the parent podcast on this feed, which is the Feckin' Check-In podcast network, um, will know if you've listened back in uh, the last, if you listened back back in the summer to the Feckin' Check-In, there was an arc where me and Toomey, my co-host, had this creative arc where we spoke to podcasters over a series of episodes. It's something I've considered 
for feckin metal there are some feelers that have been put out there quite inquiries have been made with people if they'd be interested in such a thing and maybe there there will be an arc coming but i won't say for definite um so stay tuned stay tuned to feckin metal um keep your eyes and ears peeled not literally figuratively that's going to do it for this week i've been your host fergal trainer um and thanks for listening i will see you next time (laughs) 